0: I'm going to read from God's Word, and if you have a Bible with you, I invite you to take it out and open up to Luke chapter 23, otherwise the words will be on the screen behind me. Luke chapter 23, starting from verse 26 and through to verse 49. The crucifixion of Jesus. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women, who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, "'Father, forgive them, "'for they do not know what they are doing.' "'And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. "'The people stood watching, "'and the rulers even sneered at him. "'They said, "'He saved others, let him save himself.' if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the King of Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the King of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, Stood at a distance watching these things. Have you ever felt as though you've let Jesus down? Like you're not good enough. You're not worthy to enter into the presence of a holy God. As if what you've done or did or who you've become is far too embarrassing to go near a holy God. Yeah, sure. God might love those good religious people. Those people who go to church, those people who don't do... You fill in the blank. Or perhaps more importantly, those good people who do do... Again, I'll let you fill in the blank. Yeah, I think God would... I think God would love and and listen to those good people... (laughs) But he wouldn't listen to me. Not now. And rightfully so. I've blown it. I've let him down. And I can't shake it. I'm not proud of what I've done. And to be honest, right now, I think it's best if I keep my distance from God. I think it's safer that way. Have you ever felt as though your mistake, your moment, or perhaps series of moments, where you fell from grace, have put you out of reach? of the mercy of God. Right now, I feel as though I'm not good enough for God. God is full of love. He is full of goodness and holiness and purity and justice and goodness. I And full of sin, and full of regret, and guilt, and remorse. I don't think God and I are very compatible. Jesus seemed to think so, but I don't know. I am Simon, a fisherman. And Jesus called me Peter, the rock. Me? A rock? What a joke. Right now, all I feel like is finding the biggest rock I can find, crawling under it and hiding away. Jesus must have been having me on when he said to me that I would end up leading the movement that he would begin. These last three years have been, how do I describe it? They've been life-changing. I have witnessed Jesus do miracle after miracle. I was there when Jesus turned the water into wine. You should have seen the look on the groom's face. I was there when Jesus gave the blind man sight. I was there when Jesus fed the 5,000. I was there when Jesus healed the paralyzed man. I was there when Jesus, with his spoken word... Raised Lazarus from death. I was there when Jesus walked on water. I even got to participate in that moment. I was there when Jesus calmed the raging sea. What haven't I seen? I was the spokesperson of the disciples. I loved the Lord. I loved following him. And all I wanted was to give him my heart and to give him my devotion. And I was so eager to follow him. I was the one who declared him as the Messiah, as the son of the living God. I honestly thought I would much sooner die for Jesus than I would deny Jesus. I've walked with Jesus. I've been one of his disciples through thick and thin. I have had the privilege of witnessing God in flesh walk this earth. Do you reckon you've felt ashamed? Regretful, remorseful, repentant, ashamed, guilty. Well, how do you think I feel right now after denying the Lord three times and now at this very moment he's on a cross being executed? I can't bear to look at the cross. I can't bear to go to the cross. I know I should be there as one of Jesus' so-called disciples. But I don't know if I could look at him again. That moment... When Jesus looked at me after the rooster crowed, it was the most chilling moment of my life. And I don't think I could see those eyes again. I think I'm doing Jesus a favor by keeping my distance. I don't want to put him through more stress and pain and distress than he's already in. I mean, if if I go to the cross and he sees me, he'll be reminded of my denial. He'll be reminded of the fact that I let him down. He might even feel obligated to say something to me. I think the best thing is just to keep my distance I'm no longer worthy to be one of his friends, let alone his follower or his disciple. I've blown it. I let him down. I'm done. I think somehow I'm going to have to go back to my nets, to what's familiar, and, and try as best I can to move on with my life Jesus, is dying. I won't go and bother Jesus now. I didn't bother about him last night when that girl in the courtyard looked at me and she said, he is with that man. Why didn't I have the same courage then that I had in the garden when I sliced off the soldier's ear? I don't deserve to have Jesus bother about me. The emotion of last night is incomprehensible. I keep having flashbacks. One moment we're in the upper room having the Passover meal. Jesus is talking about his body being broken and his blood being spilt. And then he's washing our feet Then we moved to the garden, and I could see that Jesus was in such distress, such turmoil, such pain, and I wanted to stay awake. I wanted to keep watch and pray, but I was so tired. And then Judas comes with all of these soldiers to take Jesus away, and I was awake, and I mustered all the courage I could find within myself, to defend my Lord. There was no way they were going to take him away. In the garden, I was full of courage and defensiveness. But then, so quickly, in the courtyard, I was weak, gutless, scared. And now, here I am, alone. I feel as though a dark cloud hangs over my head. When Jesus needed me most, I was nowhere to be found. I think Jesus is better off without me. Have you ever felt as though Jesus would be better off without you? Maybe, maybe we should, maybe, maybe I, maybe, maybe we should go to the cross. Maybe, maybe we should show our support. We'll keep our distance. We'll remain unseen and unheard. But maybe we should go and and see what we can smell, what we can taste, what we can hear, what we can see. In your mind's eye, Come with me. Let's go to the cross. It's getting dark. Big clouds are gathering. There is an eerie feeling in the air. Do you feel... The sand, the dirt, and your sweat, mixing together between your toes as we walk. The last time I was so mindful of my feet was last night, when Jesus washed them. I feel so heavy. I. I'm so full of remorse with every single step. All I hear ringing in my ears is, I never knew the man. There it is. Calvary. That ghastly hill of death. There are so many bystanders, there's a lot of commotion, we'll keep our distance, we'll stay here. In between the groans of dying men, can you smell it? The smell of dust, of sweat from the crowds. The smell of punishment, of blood, of death. There are no sweet aromas here. Hang on, that's his voice. I can hear it. I know that voice. I've become so accustomed to it. That is the voice that calmed the raging seas. That is the voice that raised a dead man to life. That is the voice that brought healing to countless people. That is the voice that spoke with such clarity, such authority. That's the voice that raised, that healed my own mother-in-law from her bed. That's the voice of Jesus saying, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. got to tell you, this guy, he is the real deal. It wasn't that long ago that he taught us, his disciples, his followers, to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute you. And here he is, being falsely condemned, falsely judged, falsely crucified by his enemies, and he is saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Who is this man? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. I didn't know what I was doing when I denied Jesus. I was caught up in the moment and I failed big time. Could those words also be for me? I taste dry in my mouth. The sweaty tears haven't helped. I feel out of place and yet unshunned. When I look at the cross, I see three bruised and battered men whose life is draining out of their very souls, of their very beings. In the centre, I see a love that knows no bounds. In the centre, I see my Saviour. In the centre, I see love personified. In the centre, I see a man whose good deeds, whose good actions, whose good intentions, whose message of love and hope. Has been misconstrued, misunderstood. I see a suffering servant. Why is this happening? This is so undeserved. He's not guilty. He doesn't deserve punishment. I do. I'm guilty. I'm deserving of punishment. You know, he could come down from that cross as the soldiers are trying to convince him to. But clearly that's not his plan. He's staying on that cross for a reason. He is choosing to allow this to happen to him. Is he there because of And for sinners? Is he there because of and for me? I wonder, could Father forgive them for they don't know what they are doing? Also mean, Father, forgive Peter for he didn't know what he was doing.